0: Welcome to the Lemons and Pineapples podcast. I'm your host, Emma O'Brien, personal development coach, heart math practitioner, dog photographer, and entrepreneur. In this podcast, I share tools, strategies, and amazing guest interviews to help you improve your mindset and your well-being with a sprinkle of fun and probably some mention of dogs along the way. So without further ado, let's squeeze the day. Hi folks, welcome to episode 51 of the podcast, 8 Ways to Stop Imposter Syndrome. If you've ever tried anything new, you've pushed yourself out of your comfort zone, you've changed careers, you've taken up a new hobby, you will likely have encountered imposter syndrome. It is something I have lived with for most of my 20-year photography career, so I am very well versed in what it feels like to have an imposter and I wanted to talk about it today and although I've entitled this podcast Eight Ways to Stop Imposter Syndrome, I don't know that we always want to stop it. Imposter syndrome is something that affects people who are high achievers and I think When I was reflecting on creating this podcast, I started to have a think about, you know, is my imposter a bad thing? Has it always been detrimental to me? We tend to be told by other people that imposter syndrome is bad and, you know, you want to get rid of it. But my imposter has encouraged me to repeatedly do big things. So in that respect, it's not been a bad thing. So I'll talk a little bit more about that. What I want to share before I jump in is what the actual definition of imposter syndrome is. And it is the persistent inability to believe that one's own success is deserved or has been legitimately achieved as a result of one's own effort or skills. Now, at the height of my photography career, I had a year of massive success. So I watched in uh, sort of dumbfounded amazement really as a photography series that I had come up with and created about black rescue dogs went viral globally. It was crazy. I won a bunch of awards for that set of work. I was invited to speak on a TEDx stage about that project and ironically about my imposter. So my imposter and I are very, very well acquainted. And Despite all of this success, the whole time at the back of my mind, this little imposter was saying, "Hmm. maybe the TEDx people felt sorry for you. That's why they allowed you to speak on their stage. Mm -hmm. Perhaps I was the only person who entered work into the photography competition, so I won by default. Mm -hmm. And maybe the Daily Mail contacted the wrong photographer when they wanted to feature my series. And <laughs> writing this down and, and kind of bringing this into my my reality, it is ridiculous. I achieved all the things I achieved fair and square. And I think often one thing I can relate to with the imposter is that when you seek external validation for things often the imposter can arrive. And people living with active imposter syndrome generally have very high accomplishments but are massively lacking in their own self-belief and their own self-confidence. And I know that is something that I have kind of felt the fear and done it anyway with a lot of the things that I've put out and done. It's almost like a self-competition but there has always been that nagging, "Mm, this isn't good enough, this could be better. You could have done X, Y, and Z always at the back of my mind. But I talked at the beginning of the podcast about why imposters can sometimes be helpful in that my imposter drives me to be better and better and better. But I am very aware of when it is pushing me too far. And I think this is a trouble with imposter syndrome. If you don't start to get a handle on it, it will either push you to the point of burnout because you're constantly going to be working to achieve more, and whatever you do is never good enough, and it becomes a self punishment, or you become so paralysed by the negative self talk that it churns up that you just don't do anything because you're you're too afraid. And there has to be a balance here between that kind of paradox that the imposter syndrome causes. It. Springs to mind for me, I had a coaching client at the end of last year who was incredibly accomplished. And and when I'm talking incredibly accomplished, she had multiple degrees all passed with, you know, the, the highest mark you could get. And yet she was so worried that somebody was going to find out she actually was incapable. That's when it's very, very damaging. And that is where it is important to start to acknowledge the problem that your imposter is causing and start to work on that self-belief muscle. So that is what I'm going to share with you. And I'm going to give you eight ways that you can cultivate self-belief and start to really counter the negative effects of imposter syndrome. So the first thing is I want you to make a list of 25 successes you have had in your life so far. This might look like awards you've won, qualifications you've earned, or personal life achievements. You might have done something that's completely changed somebody's life. You might have successfully raised two children who are out in the world being brilliant humans. That is a success. This is an exercise that will be easy to start with and then it will get harder as you go down the list and start to hunt for things, especially if you have an active imposter. But push yourself and get to 25. Then when you have got to 25, point number two is look at your achievements as if they were somebody else's. So once you've made this list, your imposter is going to start going, yeah, but, yeah, but. I had a conversation with a photographer recently who is multi-award winning, sells loads of work, has been exhibited in lots of galleries, who said to me, yeah, I sort of do wonder if people buy my work because they feel sorry for me. So, this is what happens when we have big successes and an imposter that takes over. We'll start to mitigate our own success. So, I want you to look at the successes you have written down as if they were somebody else's with objective eyes. Have a look at that. And from a scale of one to 10, list, you know, have a look at how impressive these successes are because you will be far more brilliant than you actually give yourself credit for. And when we start to acknowledge our own success, it starts to build, it starts to build that self confidence and self belief muscle, which is so important when it comes to managing our self talk. Number three, list out all the negative thoughts your imposter brings up for you. So this might be things like, yeah, you might have won that competition, but you were probably the only person who entered. Is that reality? Of course, it's not. And things like, yeah, but they only hired you to be CEO of the company because, you know, I don't know, you were friends with somebody in HR. Uh don't think that's going to be true either. So list them out and have a look at, are they really based in reality? And I suspect most of the negative thoughts that come up are not. They are complete constructs of your Imposter. Write them down and then turn them to their opposite and find examples of the opposite of those thoughts being true. Number four, is there an opportunity to upskill? So, this is where this imposter comes in and is not always a bad thing. Sometimes, if you're fearing you're not good enough at something, fearing that you don't know enough, maybe you don't. And maybe there's an opportunity for you to find more information, learn more, work with a mentor, get some more training to upskill. When we're very skilled, we feel far more confident. So sometimes that imposter can come from a lack of confidence because we actually could have more knowledge. If that's the case, go find it. The knowledge is always out there. It's Knowledge is easy to acquire. And that is a great confidence booster. Number five, ask for feedback from people who you trust and who can be objective. So just be mindful of who you're asking for feedback from. I'm going to give you an example. A few years ago, I worked with a business coach who had me email a bunch of my clients and ask them for feedback. So the questions I asked were, why did you choose to work with me? What do you enjoy about working with me? And is there a way I could make the service I'm offering and the work I'm doing better for you. And of course, this set my imposter off going, oh my God, you know, people are going to come back and they're going to say horrible things. And do you know what? It was the complete opposite. I had some wonderful feedback from clients and because it was worded in objective individual client language as opposed to my own interpretation of how I might be showing up or doing which is generally kind of negatively biased. I had a load of really great phrases I could use in my marketing material. So it was a wonderful exercise purely for that to get objective feedback on what I was doing. Everybody had great things to say. A couple of people gave me some pointers on where I could be better. They were gently delivered, but it was wonderful information to have so I could really improve my business. Most people, when you ask them for feedback, will not go out of their way to be horrible. But we we tend to be very afraid of it. If you're able to look at it constructively, it's uh, absolutely invaluable. Number six, get coached. Being coached is one of the most powerful things I have done for myself. Working with someone who is objective, who is maybe further along than me, maybe has a different tool set to me and can give me objective feedback and help me develop an action plan to move forwards has been absolutely brilliant. And I have seen in my own coaching business, when I have coached people, especially around things like imposter syndrome, it's a game changer for shifting their mindsets because having an objective person say, can we just have a reality check here? you've got three degrees, you're massively qualified. How do we shift the the internal dialogue here? Just having somebody reflect back your own brilliance to you is really, really invaluable. And I think coaching is about, for me, is about challenging people to do things differently, helping people get to mindset shifts and helping people implement that and and really build confidence that's what it is all about and having someone to to idea bounce with you um is is you know am i is am i really not doing very well here or am i just telling myself that number 7 set realistic goals high achievers which let's face it if you've got an imposter you're a high achiever so there's an instant confidence boost for you High achievers tend to overestimate what they can accomplish in a short time frame and then set themselves up for failure. So if this is you, if you have big goals and big aspirations and you try to go too far too soon, you will set yourself up to fail. And then we end up with a real confidence dip and it reinforces that. See, you can't do it. See, you're not good enough. Imposter chatter that happens. So. In order to set yourself up for success, break your goals down into small, small chunks. Stop focusing on the great big giant end result and start to have a look at what can I do today? What can I do this week? What do I need to do this month in order to move myself closer to that big goal? Break it down into small chunks and then celebrate when you have reached each little goal along the way. A big thing to do in order to boost your self-confidence is to actually acknowledge your own successes. We do that so infrequently, it shifts your mindset. Little wins boost confidence. So see where you can find those in the tasks that you're doing. And number eight is to reframe failure. When you start to have a look at things that have not gone according to plan and things that have in your mind failed, not as a reflection as your of your ability but as an opportunity to learn it changes your mindset around it we often beat ourselves up for not getting something right the first time that's what high achievers do right so we expect to be able to pick something up and be brilliant at it and if you can take a step back and get yourself into almost the beginner's mindset with it of what is there for me to learn here so when something doesn't go According to plan, ask yourself what the learning is here. What's the opportunity? What did I miss? What could I do differently? If I'm in this situation again, how could I respond in a way that is more constructive? If you can see failures as a learning, they become less scary and they become less of an opportunity for that little imposter to start chip, chip, chipping away at your confidence. So, I'm just going to recap on the eight steps I talked about for helping to stop your imposter. And that's make a list of 25 successes you've had in your life so far. Look at these successes as if they were somebody else's and be objective about how brilliant they are. List out all the negative thoughts your imposter brings up and turn them to the opposite. See if there's an opportunity for you to upskill or learn something else to boost your confidence. Get feedback and find out where you're doing well and where you could improve, get coached, super valuable, set realistic goals and break them down into the smallest possible chunks so you can build confidence and keep having small wins and reframe your failures and see what the learning opportunity is in there for you. Rewiring our negative thoughts that come with imposter syndrome takes time so it's this is a a process of being gentle with yourself and really starting to shift the focus of how can i cultivate more self-belief here instead of buying into believing what your imposter is telling you about not being good enough and a caveat with that is as i said at the beginning sometimes our imposter can help to push us forwards so if you can Harness the energy of imposter syndrome to keep you moving in a forwards direction, but not let its negative chatter totally take over. You'll find that beautiful balance and you can really start to use it to your advantage and help you make progress towards your success. So I hope this has been a useful episode. And I'd love to hear your biggest takeaways from this. Drop me a DM on Instagram at Emma O'Brien coach. And I will see you next time. Thanks for listening, folks. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you've enjoyed it, please share with your friends and be sure to leave me a five star rating and review, especially if you're listening on Pine Apple Podcasts. To find out more about my one-on-one coaching, please visit my website, which is emmaobriancoach.com. And remember, folks, when life gives you lemons, you can always choose another fruit. See you next time.